Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Oh, you, your, like, preemptive movement mm-hmm. uh, made me really scared when it was going to be. <laughs> I'm thinking of retiring, Kaka. I'm thinking I'm going to try something new next week. I th- I'm excited to hear it. I feel like that's going to make our, our small but devoted listener base very sad, but yeah. you, <laughs> really? you do whatever you want to do. It's a I'm, new season. I'm going to try a few things, yeah. and if none of them work out, I'll go back to Kaka. Okay, there it. we go. There we go. We're going to talk about... Season two of The Legend of Vox Machina, available now on Prime Video. Yep. Whole season's out. All the returning players, uh, all the Critical Role cast members back to play their Campaign 1 characters, as well as some cool new guest stars, Lance Reddick. Sure. The Fonz. Yep. Yep. Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Peregrine Took. I forgot that guy's name. I know. I can... Billy something. Billy Boyd? Billy Boyd, yeah. not Dominic Monaghan. No, That's it's the, the other uh, one. The other one. One of them's Mary, one of them's Pippin, and it's important that you never find out which <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're attached at the hip. Yeah. I'm sure there are other famous people, but I don't remember who Yeah, they are. I mean, those are the ones that I, rank, like, I don't know, noticed. The ones I care it. about. Yeah, exactly. Did, yeah. did I hear Terry McGinnis in there somewhere? Oh, Will, Will Friedle, Friedle. Yeah, yeah, Will Friedle's in it, but Will Friedle is playing the character he played in Campaign 1 of Critical He was, he was right. yeah. Yeah, right. it was a guest spot. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Mag- McGlynn? Mm-hmm. Mag- oh, whatever. They were in it together right. in campaign one. But yes, Terry McGinnis is in it. Do we want to do this like by the four episode breakdowns? or? It yeah. seems like you had an idea, yeah. so that makes one of us. Oh, right, steamroll with that. Yeah. So the first three episodes, you know, one thing I like about this show is I like, I like how they release it. I mm-hmm. like the... The three, three episode episodes chance. at a time over four weeks or whatever. Having said that, at one month and it's I was gone, about to say it's over. It's yeah, sad. <laughs> that it's is sad. sad. Uh, but the first three episodes, we f- we get the introduction of the Chroma Conclave, a collection of four different dragons who have s- come to take over Amon, and uh, Vox Machina begins to learn how they're going to defeat said dragons. Well, first they get their ass kicked, and then yes. yes. I know, I you know, Hurt, I'm excited to hear your opinion. Did you finish it? I did, I did. Like, Indiana Jones grabbing the hat, like... Down like, to the wire. We were down to the wire. I totally. love it. I'm excited to hear your opinion. Joseph, I want to ask you first, you and I have a favorite bit, and I know we both share it, which is 19 Misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you think that they translated that in I'm, the show? I, I, <laughs> Obviously, you can't say those words. No, you but can't. They make I mean, a nod to right, it. I, I think... It's the cinematic version of it where you have yeah. your powerhouse character give his like best shot, you know, at one of the guys, and it just bounces right off <laughs> and doesn't do anything to him. Yeah, um, which I, I mean, I think is effective in like in the show of like, oh, they're they're pretty tough, but it's it's so much more fun in the show just because. It's like something they've never dealt with before, and Travis is just like dumbfounded yeah. by it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> There's a hurt for your essay, and for anyone's listening, when the Chroma Conclave attack, their first plan is to fight. Right. And uh, he goes to hit the dragon. He rolls a 19, and he immediately goes, starts to roll damage. And Matt says, 19 misses. And Travis looks up and he goes, 19 misses <laughs> like it had never dawned on him right that that, that wouldn't be high that, enough. that that wouldn't be high enough right um and it's like a really eye-opening moment it's it's great 
But what did you think of the first three episodes, Hurt? Uh, man, I, I liked them a lot. You know, the first season, I felt like at times... You know, I liked the first season, but I felt at times, you know, the the potty mouth, the adult talk could feel a little forced. 100%. I could see how totally in the original form that that shit was probably off the cuff and hilarious. But in this, it just seemed like forcefully edgy. I think they got better at that this season. It didn't. There was less eye rolly to it mm-hmm. than that. I would agree. I also think that they they. I don't know if this is by design or whatever, but they like put it into Scanlan's character arc over the course of the season. That like right. you know all of all of the fart and dick jokes and whatever is like his deflection mechanism, and he should be aiming more towards sincerity. Right. In, right. in the same way that maybe the show should be too. Right. By the way, just fucking spoilers. We never said that, but I think we're only going to talk spoilers for this show. But I can't. I I, you know what? Maybe you have listened to this episode. (laughs) I'll be listening to either our first episode about the first season of this show, or watching any of this show. Actually, one question I wanted to ask because I don't really remember this about the first season. Where? Were the first season like this in that the monsters were animated different than the characters? Yeah, when they fought General Krieg, the first two episodes of the first season, mm-hmm. Krieg is a CGI dragon. Okay. Whereas Have you ever two- tried to draw a dragon? They're hard as shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it wasn't really necessary that it was CGI. I just noticed it kind of was trying to do that sort of into the Spider-Verse jerky yeah, sort of yeah. CGI. And it would look cool in spots and other spots it would look out of place. I I think it looks I think it looks better in season two. I wasn't a fan of it in those first early episodes right. of season one. I thought it looked pretty left. Saying that, I think season two all around looks better than yeah. season one did. I think it's good in spots and not as good in other spots. They definitely I think there are a couple of big movement heavy fight scenes where they pour in their effort and then there are other episodes where like the, the mouth bits don't line up good. <laughs> and you know, there's just some real herky jerky moments. Yeah. It's uh I don't want to be shitty about this. Because, uh, you know, it's probably better for the nice animators doing their jobs. But, you know, I, I know in Japan they have, like, awful, terrible work conditions and people kill themselves in the anime industry. But that shit looks tight every time. So, I'm, you know, I'm just... It's, maybe there's a middle ground. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, that said, the designs on all the dragons look fucking great. That is yeah, a yeah, good yeah. point. They do a yeah. good job of, like, giving them very, like, distinctive looks. Yeah. Yeah, I also love that they commit. Not that they wouldn't have, but committed to. I don't. F- I feel like most everybody's scared to do a dragon that's not just a fire dragon. Mm, I know right. the D and D movie is also going in that direction, but Legend of Vox Machina got there first. <laughs> I, I'll also say, I, you know, and maybe I'm not remembering it as well, but the first season, I remember thinking, I don't know how this could have came from a D and D game. You know, set. Saying that, I've never actually played D&D, but I have a pretty good idea of how it works. But in this, it totally felt like a D&D game. There was, you know, you had to go get items. Those items gave you an upgrade. Mm. Those upgrades came with a cost. It felt very fantasy game-ish. Yeah, I, well, and I think in campaign one, or not campaign one, in season one, you know, the villains being like, it's very like, familial drama it's Mm -hmm. this guy's past where his parents were murdered and you're getting revenge and it's it's not your traditional let's go kill dragons right uh where this is that's definitely for i think for the best though because i I, I, I totally agree it's not a complaint i I was about to say i feel like if you started season one with 
And then they fight a dragon. The people who would roll their eyes at, at the whole concept in the first place would roll, would roll their eyes at the first episode and never give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, the Briarwood arc, it is. It's an interesting, like, family drama with a lot of, like, darkness and angst mm. and stuff. And it's fun. Um, one other thing. I, I think this happened in the fir- first uh, three episodes. And maybe you guys didn't even notice. But I, this is just a rule I want to make about things. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes... You know, you'll do like a musical cue to sound like another musical cue yep. without having to pay. And I think that's fine. But I think whenever you do Dick Dale's Miserloo, you need to pay the Dale estate. Mm. Even though Dick Dale didn't pay, didn't write Miserloo, they're totally referencing Dick Dale's Miserloo. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you hear, you know, it's always that. Yeah. And there's always waves involved. So in the in the original campaign, all of Scanlan's songs, and he comes up with at least a hundred of them, right. are covers. Right, like he makes fantasy versions of popular songs, and obviously they can't do that on the right. show. Right, but I feel like that's supposed to kind of still be a nod, right, to what he was doing. But I can't remember what two and three. Do we get to Vasselheim in the first three episodes? Yeah. It's no, Sunken that, Tomb. Sunken Tomb is three. Sunken Tomb is three. So episode two, we go to Vasselheim. Nice little uh, Caduceus Clay reference there. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And, of course, you get Terry McGinnis, uh, Will Friedle, and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn um, bring their characters from the campaign, who they played in the campaign, back. And then we get the big cliffhanger with Vex dying at, yeah. by touching the matron of raven's armor i do feel like i feel like the uh, uh live stream campaign there is a lot of general sexual energy and tension that happens <laughs> fairly regularly but there's right. also a lot of stuff that's just like you know normal ro- rolling dice looking up stuff going through notes and whatever but with the show considering we're condensing it it just seems like there's just a lot of that packed in you know like right. we, we introduce uh fucking zara and kashaw and immediately just everyone trying to fuck each other right. yeah. very <laughs> horny yeah yeah, um, that, that can happen in Critical Role, though, where yeah. it'll be fine, and then all of a sudden, like, if you're watching Campaign 3 right now, they went on a three-episode bit where it was just all fucking. <laughs> right. did, did you, were you worried about Vex there? I, 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 that, that's what I was about to say. Here's the thing. I totally bought that she was dead. I oh, yeah. really bought into that. I had emotions about it. I thought, this, this death is real. When she came back, I was like, I'll never buy another death. <laughs> like, and, and, and by the way, I was right. And just, to, and just to be clear, that's actually how the players also felt about it. Right. Yeah. Because they were still very like unfamiliar with the mechanics of Because D&D has a mechanic for right. death and resurrection, whatever. But they didn't really like look into it until it happened. Right. right. And so, right. I think the other part of that is Pike in the campaign is not in all of this. Yeah. Ashley Johnson was off filming that show blind spot bad show and so pike is not in there and i do think this moment actually hits a little bit harder because pike is in the scene and trying to heal her and cannot yeah um i think that's an improvement which brought me it was brings me to a point i want to bring up this is more different than the first season really And uh, one of those being Pike having being present through all of this, and there, are, I mean, there are other differences we can talk about as we go along. And like, for example, Grog's story is is a good bit different as well. I don't know that it's an improvement. I just think it's a really good adaptation. Like, if you're gonna, you yeah, know, zig yeah. when you're supposed to zag, like I thought it, they'd handled it really, really well. It, yeah, it was a great bit, but I do worry that at some point someone actually is going to die. Yeah, and I won't connect with it at all because 
There's been there's at this point there's so much dying and coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so yeah. Episode I mean, four is, is Vex's resurrection. Vex's beginning of his relationship with the Raven Queen. Yep. Five and, is is Pyro, which is key. Man, this this whole fucking th- I, I'm semi convinced this entire animated series is just the revisionist history a redemption arc for Keyleth for all the people that hate her in the, sure, in the, in the sure, stream. Sure. They make her a badass. They make her thing. so much better than she was <laughs> in the game. Um, so you probably picked up on this. It's very apparent. Marisha's inspiration for Keyleth is Avatar The Last Airbender. Right. Her mother, Vilia, is played by, did you know this? Is it Korra? It's Korra! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is the Avatar. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I fucking love that That's shit. That's pretty sick, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Pyra's a bit that, again, is pretty different because I think you get a, that's your first glimpse of Thordak, right? Yeah. The first time they go. and we. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. They go to Pyra when they go to Vaseline the first time. Right. So this is happening out of order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, no, it's a cool bit. These are cool right. episodes. Visuals are fun. Keyless gets a new outfit. What is the end? What's the sixth episode? I Where I basically watch this whole thing in one sitting. A lot of it runs yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, that's where they go back. The, the sixth episode is where they go back and uh, do the Sphinx thing. Oh, and the male Sphinx dies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was... That song fucking kicks ass. Either that or one coming up later is probably my favorite bit in the show. That yeah. was that was really well done. There's also a thing from it that I'll wait till we get to later, but also that kind of annoys me about it. But uh, but that bit where you know Scanlan gets to be the hero by being sincere and singing his sincere song, which was a pretty great song. Mm-hmm. Great, loved it. And the Sphinx was a was a good character. Sorry to see him go. Yep. Having said that, Scanlan is the most different. Yes. Um, and I don't know that I like it. I just, I, I feel like he needs to have an arc. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think they've, they've picked a good one for him. It makes the most sense. Uh, but do you do Bard's Lament? Yeah. I feel like you're selling it so fucking hard right now, though. Like, I think the gut punch in that moment... No, I know. I, look, I... I th- <laughs> is it we, being kind of hidden, right? We, we've we've got time to, to, for him to relapse. <laughs> I I mean, I guess, but that happens immediately after defeating the Chroma Conclave. Yeah. So, like... And we still have three more dragons. Sure, but I think that's all going to be season three. Yeah, anyway. There's a whole other thing that has nothing to do with you, but... <laughs> so, yeah. they've still got a... What I'm hearing is they've still got a lot more material for this. Yes. Besides oh. the fact that they're also doing a series of the, the other campaigns. There's, like, a mini-arc, and then there's another arc after the fucking dragons. Right. Like, <laughs> which is the, 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 you know, the big climax. <laughs> right. yeah. We don't really need the mini-arc, but it does have the important bit that you're talking about. Sure, but are you not... I was thinking about this in the car. Do you not do Tarion? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be a shame, but... <laughs> Tarion's the fucking best. Look, we're getting off the rails here. We <laughs> yeah, need to get yeah. back on this. <laughs> we're, we're in deep. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny, because most of the time, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about yeah. when you're talking about this, and it's exciting to know what you all are talking about, so don't go too far off the rails, because yeah, I'm enough. starting to glaze over so seven eight nine yep the party gets split and when they're trying to escape Vorigal, they plane shift yeah uh into the feywild where vex percy keyleth yep. and vax, vax uh end up in the feywild where pike grog and scanland end up in some unknown location and they have to retrieve the finthras bow and grog has lost all of his strength this was an efficient choice, I feel like. Yes. 
uh, just two big arcs at one time, two vestiges at the same time sort of thing. Yep. Uh, to Hurt's point, the original Grog dies here. Really? Yeah, they bring him back, but... Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sword doesn't take his strength. It, it kills, kills him. him. Yeah. No kidding. Which, yeah. by the way, the, the Craven Edge thing, they, I think they do really well. It's one of the funniest bits yeah. in, in the show is when... just What happens when a big dummy who likes killing things gets an evil sword? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's great. It's good stuff. I'm glad they did the bit with him taking a shit. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, also, I always like splitting the party. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's... that's that, Rule number one in D&D, bro. Right, right. <laughs> Don't split the party. Right. But, uh, this is the episode of Troy Baker, yep. right? He plays her father. Yep. Who they make out... I've, I mean, he's a dick. Yeah. But they make him out to be a real, a real big dick. dick. Yeah. He is show. completely unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't even see how you would redeem that character. Yeah. And I feel like the Percy giving her the title bit plays better in the campaign yeah i agree with that with making him not give a shit at all i feel like it undercuts what it means to Uh max but it's good yeah oh oh here's a piece of trivia the i'm on my way song which Mm. also a fucking banger right they recorded in october of 2020 okay which shows you how long they've been in yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah that's it yeah I mean, look, I, I I think this the particularly the Feywild part is not like my favorite bit. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of just it feels the most D and D in the sense of just like oh, we need to go to get go to a place to get the thing, whatever. Right. Uh, every episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, it's kind of every episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, you know, the the Western stuff is a lot better, probably just because it has that personal connection with Grog mm-hmm. to it. Um, I, I don't think the, the Vex stuff lands as hard as they want it to. Yeah, agreed. That brings us to the final three episodes, uh, which is kind of a conclusion of... Well, Go ahead. I, I want to say first, we, we didn't mention uh, Pike's dad. Yeah. Uh, there's no way that character wasn't modeled after the Dungeon Master on the 80s cartoon. I mean, it's certainly in the way he's drawn in the show. Yes. It's definitely... Yeah, no, I'm Dungeon saying the design Master. of the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where Henry Winkler is. He plays her great great grandfather yeah yeah yeah, sorry yeah no no no. it's in the show in campaign one it they don't stay consistent with actually who he is okay and then final three episodes we kind of get a conclusion to grog's big story where he gets the titan stone knuckles and he faces off with his uncle um and they fight vorigal these are the best three episodes of this for sure i mean my favorite bit is where grog challenges his uncle that you know when he's diminished it's just it's a you know it, it was a cool moment yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, I don't know why I doubted because this is a good. This is a good fucking episode of Critical Role. Yeah, uh, when he fights Kevdak, and I thought this was damn near perfect. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's one of the best. Uh, you know, there's there's a certain maybe there's not. I don't know how it feels from the outside, but I feel like there's a certain amount of drama drain from watching you know a show like this because on, on some level you know how it's going to end you know roughly most of the people are probably going to survive if not all of them you know the good one guys are probably going to win the bad guys are probably going to lose but there's there's a lot of chance happening in that particular mm-hmm. battle and it was it was damn close the, yeah. the the big bit where uh grog comes down and splits kevdak in half in the show he's at one hit point right. uh, so, so i mean it was it was damn close yeah uh yeah and tying it back to Earthbreaker Groon, I think, was a really smart choice. Yep. That, you know, again, taking away Grog's strength, and I, I might be remembering this, that is exactly what Earthbreaker, you know, where does your strength come mm-hmm. from? Uh, like, all of that 
wraps that bow up really really fucking well in that moment and it's really good that's the one where i think they put all the effort into the animation is that yeah. Kevdak fight because everybody looks incredible it looks right? great yeah. yeah and then of course the fuck vox machina fuck this shit up or fuck this shit up or whatever I, it is. yeah yeah it's a great line yeah mm. it's good stuff um at dawn we plan at dawn we plan <laughs> uh yeah I, I was curious how you felt about that there's I don't know, a fairly substantial change. Well, I don't know. Do we want to talk about... Actually, I want to back one more step up before I move to, to Umbrasil. Uh, how telegraphed was the Scanlan daughter thing to you? Actually, it really wasn't telegraphed to me. I thought there was another layer to her, but I thought she was probably an evil character in disguise. Okay. Well, I don't know her name, but the... Kaylee. The, Kaylee, the bitch yeah. with the uh, orb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Ripley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ripley's... We know Ripley is like following them. They in, they in do not Kidman. spend enough time reminding us who Ripley is. They do not. No, I absolutely. forgot who Ripley yeah. was, and I watched the show. So what I was gonna say was, you, we know Ripley is like aroundish because of when Percy visits. Oh my God, what's his face? The black powder dealer. Yeah, but she does not have the prominent role that she does in the show. Right. They just they just keep finding little breadcrumbs of like knowing that she's been there sort right. of yeah. thing. Yeah, and I'm glad we... I've been wondering how we were going to introduce Kaylee. I'm still glad they did the Scanlan almost tried to fuck his daughter. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. a great it's on brand. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think it lands on the show as well, but... Uh, and then, yeah, the last is the Vorigal fight, which you seem like you're about to ask I do, so I, I have... I, I'm perplexed about this because I feel like the show has weird limits on what it thinks that we can accept as, right. like, the rules of this world. Because right. it's like... We, we want to be pretty authentic to D&D. We want to make sure that it feels, you know... Uh, but they don't, don't dimension like, door. Right, like they don't have stakes. So, the, so you know, in this one, and kind of back to your having having the, the poop dick humor or whatever, mm. is, you know, they, they go right up the, the butthole right. uh, and solve it that way. Which, I mean, I, don't, I think it's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with it. Mm. But the, I mean, at least it genuinely had a place in the story. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought Vorgal's reaction was funny. It is funny. If you ever wanted to see a dragon get fisted, now you have. <laughs> um, but in in the stream, the way that they do it is there's like a, a short distance teleportation thing where they can go, I don't know, you know, that's like 50, 60 feet. It's not infinite, whatever. Right. And they just get close enough and they dimension door inside of him. And they don't know where inside of him. Right. So it's just like completely dark. They're like pushed in by like organs and shit. And that's where they put that immovable thing. But like they can't move either. They can't move. They can't breathe. They can't see. Yeah. Uh, they're, and they're every s- round they're just taking. Like yeah. they can't do any damage really, right. yeah. and they're they're taking damage. Yeah. Right. And I like I th- I, don't, I don't know I don't know why I don't know if they thought this was more interesting to see. I think that's also pretty fun. I think that would be pretty fun to animate. Yeah. I feel like they really. I don't know if it's just cheaper in that we've done. Bigby's hand now, and we just fucking retool it yeah. every episode. But I would have, I would have also preferred you actually do the dimension door yeah. in there. But that's kind of a nitpick. Also, Vorigal caring about the vestiges—that's new. I don't know why. I yeah, I don't, know. I don't understand what that. Unless he's trying to overthrow Thordak. Uh, maybe but. it's maybe it's supposed to be you know, uh, uh, f- foreshadowing or whatever, laying the groundwork for Ripley, who's also chasing after the vestiges that's true ripley so, is chasing after them yeah so I, I don't know either but it's, it's a good fight yeah it's a good fight it's a good episode but that kev deck the kev deck's like better yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. as good as the one 100 yeah, that was the peak i i would i, I would also say the the problem i was going to say i had with this fight is i don't feel like scanlon should have been the hero of the sphinx and the hero of this mm-hmm. you know it seemed like 
it almost made it feel like, well, what are these other guys even doing here? So this is kind of my problem with the show. Mm. Scanlan is the fucking hero. Right. Like when you watch campaign <laughs> one, there's probably seven or eight fights. They don't make it out. If not for Scanlan. Yeah, really? Um, he really is the powerhouse of the group. And they've totally fucking sidelined him right. through the first two seasons of the show, except for those two moments. Right. I mean, the the thing that I think the show does disservice, I don't have a, you know, I think they're trying to give, you know, every dog his day kind sure. of thing right. in the show. And I think that works fine. I'm, I'm not opposed to Scalen having two this season. Percy got a lot last season. You That's know, yeah. it, it, we got time for this shit. I mean, the first season definitely was, I, even I remember the thought of it, it was mostly Percy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Percy's story, but mm. I, I think one of the things that they undersell for Scanlan specifically, like you're right, they change a lot of things with Scanlan because I mean, his personality, they, they, you know, they're toning it down because he is very much just like mostly just the comic relief. But mm. in the combat, and this is kind of what makes his his character, his class, so dangerous, is that he's very like tactical, right. um, and so he just comes up with really creative solutions to you know these weird problems with these these weird uh, uh fights that they're in and we don't really see different you know we don't see that that uh tactical part of it. we just see the big purple hand solving every problem most of yeah. the time yeah i there's a bit that i don't think we're gonna do in the show that i think is a good example of what joseph's talking about where he can he can cast uh, essentially a mansion and only only people he allows to go in the mansion can come in right and so literally they just stand at the door they fucking fight and they go back inside and they stay and and that's it it's your turn you go out the fucking door you fight you go back inside and no one can get in with them and it's it's just evidence that like these guys would be way outmatched with this dude without this dude right but the show and i don't know if it's like bard magic also seems really hard to translate um but it's one of my big frustrations because I fucking love Scandal. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, that thing you just explained, though, it does seem like they could turn that into a funny bit. Yeah, I, I just don't see. think they're going to do that bit in the mm-hmm. show. I, I just I feel like there's room in the show for them to, there to be two smart people, but they've just decided that Percy is the smart one of the group. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, but also Percy's so incompetent. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember an interview with Talison and he was talking about how like he was talking to an actual like gun maker and he was explaining his idea and the guy's like yeah that shit would never work and Percy's like have you never or Talison's like have you never watched the show the shit never works yeah <laughs> like, he's like that's the point right. yeah um yeah, that's one of the things of minor quibbles is, uh, so, you know, he's got, Percy's got the two guns. He's got the little pistol and he's got, like, the big sniper rifle. Right. Uh, the big sniper rifle has one of the best names, I think. Yeah, never heard of they, they, they never they never name it or, or reference it in the show, which bums me out. The name of it is Bad News because nothing comes faster, <laughs> which is fucking sick. That's that a great name. Yeah. Overall, I fucking love this. Show. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 now that now that it's real, now that we've gone through a whole season, and I, I have accepted that this is not just a dream come true, and this is just a thing that's going to happen now. I feel like I can be a little more critical of it. I feel like there's a lot of little details, and not 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 like things that they should have adapted that they didn't from the stream, but just like little like writing choices or, or uh, uh, visual choices that I think could have made things more interesting um, that I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's time for, I just don't know why they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's uh, the bit where Vax is in um, the Raven queen temple. He goes in the, the pool of blood and he's sinking and then he tries to, to swim out. Like, I feel like if you just had a couple, like, one or two more seconds of him like struggling with kind of this oh no right. I can't get back up 
Right. Uh, like, that's more dramatic, but he almost immediately just, like, oh, accept it. I know what I'm supposed to do here. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I, I just, I don't know why, like, <laughs> like you had time to do that. Yeah. I know, you know that would have been a more interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, certainly I don't think it's perfect. Uh, I don't really watch a whole lot of adult animation anymore. I know you guys are still on the Rick and Morty I mean, train. look, I th- we've talked about this, especially this season, w- with a-, a little bit of my bias, I think, to the side. This is not too far off Castlevania. You know, like, they're, yeah. they're definitely, right. like, put next to each other in categories. And I like them both a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't think it's quite as horny as Castlevania yeah, sure. is, but... I think it's just, I think it's a really fucking good show. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, I I'm happy. There's at least going to be two and a half more seasons, probably. You know, yeah. I mean, from what you guys say, it sounds. Like I'm guessing two more seasons. But maybe they'll do two, three. Yeah, I would guess two more seasons, or you do one season and two movies. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's definitely more story to tell. Right. Um, even outside of defeating the dragons, I think, for example. You can't do everything you did with Vax this season unless you see the the story through, right? Because Vax's shit gets very real, yeah. After this, and you're teasing it very hard, yeah. But anything else? I'm good. I'm better than Transformers. Yeah, better, better than, than Transformers. Transformers. Can't wait for the next one. Hopefully, it doesn't take quite as long. It's gonna take a year. I mean, I just, yeah, yeah, I, just I know. The year's fine. Is that how long it took for this one? Oh, yeah, I thought it was no. no. But yeah, that's uh, Legend of Vox Machina Season 2. If you haven't watched it on Netflix, it's weird that you've made it's it this far. It's on Amazon Prime. That's what I meant. If you <laughs> haven't watched it on Amazon Prime, it's weird that you made it this far, but you should go back and watch it from the first season. It's pretty breezy. I mean, it's pretty. you watched it like all yeah. today. I, yeah, I mean, even if we spoiled every second of it for you, it's just a really nice-looking show. Yeah. 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 yeah, better than Transformers. Cool. What have we been watching the past two weeks, guys? So there were several movies I missed while we, my wife and I were on the road last year. And one of them that I made absolutely no time for, I have also put off watching for far too long, but I was just so damn bored on Sunday. I watched Jurassic World Dominion. Mm. Oh, boy. Have I either- still haven't seen it. So I just want to throw out there my props to old Colin Trevorrow that he was able to make a movie that... I mean, like, I have no ill will against Chris Pratt. Right. I know a lot of people, a lot of the internet, it's cool to hate Chris Pratt. Right, right. no, I, totally. I don't hate Chris Pratt. Sure. He's fine. Uh, got my gal in it, old BDH. Right. Brings back the big three in a real way. I mean, Ellie has not been featured really in a movie since the first one. Right. She's in three, but... It's like a cameo, yeah. basically. And obviously, Ian Malcolm is in the last Jurassic World movie. Mm. Also kind of a cameo. Right. Fucking Grant hasn't been in it since three, mm. and he he was able to do all of this and make me not give a shit about this movie. <laughs> like that he sucks. he, I mean, I wasn't ever motivated to watch it, mm-hmm. and then now watching it, I'm less motivated. Like if I could give myself the lack of motivation I have now to my past self, I wish I could. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> um. It's really bad. Like, the amount of time that Grant and Ellie spend with dinosaurs is maybe 10 minutes in a two and a half hour fucking movie. And that's just unacceptable. That is stupid. It's unacceptable. Because, I mean, honestly, again, I'm I'm with you, you know. I I almost feel bad for Chris Pratt because he seems so depressed that the internet hates him. It really seems to have defeated him. But, uh... 
I, you know, I don't give a shit about the new cast. I want to see the old guys rock again. So hearing that is not motivating me to watch it anymore. The enemy of this movie, you know, when they released that like big IMAX trailer and it was like five minutes long and it was a T-Rex like rampaging through a drive-in or something. Right. None of that is in this fucking movie. No there's shit. There's already an answer, basically, for the dinosaurs. They've mm. already established all the predators. They've moved to one location. So that's... You don't have... You're not a fucking risk. Right. Of nothing. And having said that, the enemy of this movie, I shit you not, is giant bugs. Mm. <laughs> really? It's... It is... It is uh, locusts. They have... There are mutated locusts now. And and that's what everyone's out to stop. The dinosaurs just also kind of happen to be there. You're not trying to solve the dinosaur problem. The dinosaurs are not the bad guys of the movie. Right. It's fucking two foot long locusts. Fucking grasshoppers. Just what I came to see a Jurassic Park Dude, movie Dude, it makes me so mad. <laughs> Dodson's back for some stupid reason, which no one gives a shit. That bit is fun in the first movie. Dodson, Dodson, it's Dodson, everybody. But that's all I need. I don't need him to be the secret big bad all along of these six films. Mm. Fuck this movie. It's trash. It's worse than Transformers. I wish you guys would watch it so you could bitch with me about it. <laughs> it's terrible. Right on. Fair enough. I also finished the National Treasure show, and it's really bad as well. Yeah. That's <laughs> been a good week it's for you. It's so disappointing. Um got three things to talk about first one's a plug uh i i was on another podcast this week um more than meets the guy uh my friend ed and his friend evan have a uh, podcast about the old transformers cartoon where they watch it every week and uh watch an episode every week and do a thing on it the premise is evan is a super fan and ed doesn't really have a connection to it and that on top of which the ed is just a you know top shelf curmudgeon like you know just is so good at disliking things makes it a pretty fun podcast to listen to but they did a special episode this week about something near and dear to our hearts michael bass transformers and sure. i was on it and it was a good time uh you know uh check it out there uh, check out all their episodes it's a good show um more than meets the guy more than meets the guys okay. But yeah, and one one other thing I'll mention about, one of the things I like about it is they do try to come at every episode of how I think about it now and how I would think about mm. it when I was eight, mm. which is really how you got to look yeah, at something sure. like that because yeah. it's ridiculous when you watch it as an adult. Um, the, the second thing, just an observation. Sarah went to hang out with some of her friends last night who were Gen Z and they uh, they wanted to watch a movie. And, you know, like there was some things thrown around like Mamma Mia, but one of them was insistent they watch The Phantom Menace. So uh, so Sarah, Sarah says to this girl, I was like, that's a pretty long movie to start this late. And she says, it's only two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But that's what I think Gen Z, they've lived an entire life without the 90 minute movie. Yeah, yeah. They don't know. They think that two hours and 30 minutes is reasonable. Yeah. That's horrifying. Last thing I'll talk about, every once in a while, I'll do these things where I'll start to rewatch something. And uh, I think the reason why I always fail is for the rewatch to be rewarding, you got to burn through it. Like, you know, the whole point of the rewatch is you watch a bunch of it together. So you see the little connections that you didn't see when you're watching it the first time. And it's fun. And I just never have the time to do that anymore. But... I started rewatching Justified, mm. and I will definitely be finishing this. It's so goddamn good. <laughs> and what's great about it, besides the fact that every episode, you know, of course, there's an over 
arcing story throughout the seasons of the whole show. But every episode also has a beginning and middle and the end right. to that story too, which I love. But also plot doesn't even really a thing with it that you got to carry about because it's just the performances are so great and the dialogue is so badass. It's just so cool. <laughs> it's just so cool. There's just so much swagger. Yeah. Like, like you see, you see Raylan and you're like, you can't get more swagger than that. And then the next scene you see Boyd and like, yes, you can. Yeah. And it's just back and forth. It's so goddamn good. Better than Transformers. You know, I think it's moving up my list on maybe being one of the best shows ever. That's fine. Well, how far are you? Uh, I'm still in the first season. Okay, yeah. Which I cannot wait to get to the second yeah. season. The second it's season, the best season is the best season. Yeah, no season. doubt. It's funny you say that because, uh, you know, I've, I've the algorithm feeds me justified clips still <laughs> regularly. That's what got me started. Oh, yeah, 100%. Life. I get it. But my favorite thing is I realize that now, coming back to it, there's a great bit. I don't know. It's in season three or four where... Raylan's shaken down kind of like a regular villain. It's right. uh, it's uh, Win Duffy. Right. Uh and he like he like beats him up and then takes a bullet out of his gun and drops it on him and says, The next one's coming faster. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like three episodes later, I forgot about this. They do like an internal investigation where they yes. find the bullet. <laughs> and I love that the writers recognize that that was a cool enough line that we get to do this twice. Like we should come back to this. Like he has to talk about <laughs> yeah. it in an interview and stuff. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh yeah. And Win Duffy's great on the show because he's probably the only character with no swagger. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Dewey Crow, but Dewey Crow at least thinks he has <laughs> swagger. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, fucking love that show. Way better than Transformers. Way better than Transformers. I love it. Uh, I've totally forgot we got emails, so I'm going to just oh, hey, right on. throw these in here in the yeah. middle. So uh, they're from Trey. Thanks again, Trey. All right on. Uh, <laughs> He had a couple notes for us. He, he said that uh, on an early episode, Hurt said that uh, listening to a podcast is the closest thing you can do to being a ghost while alive. <laughs> uh, and he said he felt that he, he felt that very strongly watching or uh, listening to our best music biopics, which was a hot fucking minute ago. <laughs> uh, when we didn't mention uh, the Jacksons in American Dream. And we had just never heard of it, I guess. And I still haven't heard of it, but no. I'm sorry. I, I, I assume it must be good if you're mentioning it in. So I will look into Actually, it. Actually, I think I have watched that. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think it is good. That's not very convincing. Um, well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure I watched it. I either watched it or I watched ads for it, one or the other. <laughs> Those are, yeah. I can remember little scenes from it. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, he's re-watching the uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited show. From right the, on. Yeah, which is great. And thought that the Wonder Woman 84 plot should have taken inspiration from the... There's a plot in uh, Justice League Unlimited where I think it's uh, one of the other Amazonians named Arija, I think. Mm -hmm. Who's like the the man-hating Amazon who comes in and spreads the disease to kill all men. Right. Uh, And, and, you know, Wonder Woman has to go and stop him. I mean, look, those are good two episodes. I I agree, too. I I do think that those two episodes are better than Wonder Woman 84. Well, I mean, I think everything's better than Wonder Woman (laughs) 84. But I definitely think those would have made a better Wonder Woman movie than that did. Yeah. My my favorite bit of those... I think it's two episodes. Mm-hmm. In those episodes is, you know, all the men get sick. So it's all the, the you know, female leaguers and whatever who have to go stop the whatever faces. Uh, my favorite bit is that both Superman and Martian Manhunter also get sick, which I like to think they're just doing out of solidarity. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
that did remind me uh, of a thing also from the podcast that I uh, I, I guessed it on. Uh, we um, uh, There's a visual component to it. So if you ever want to see some of my cool stuff, it's behind my head. Look at that. Oh, if wow. you think Hurt probably has some cool stuff, you're right. The main thing I was thinking about that is I'm having some real problems with my Justice League Unlimited toys. Those guys just do not want to stay up. I see. Mm. What every man in his 40s struggles with. <laughs> <laughs> These days. Yeah. Uh, also, Trey, so since we just talked about this, Trey also uh, uh, is talking about, he, he's coming across the episodes where you're trying out your, your intro sounds before the caca. Oh, wow. <laughs> and is, is enjoying some of those also. But I, I do think the caca is a classic. Uh, so, wait, I just have to ask before you get started. Is this annual movies I watched on a plane? Time. It is annual movies I watched Woo-hoo! at the same time. Right. It, it's also like it's also just part of the year where man, I've been spoiled for two solid years since the end of 2020. Anime has been fucking banging. Just right. every fucking season has been like six or seven seasons that are great, and then like probably a few more that are good enough that I'll watch them. Can can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. That reminds me, I, I can't listen to our show because I can't stand the sound of my voice. Sure. Uh, What's the anime I was supposed to watch from last time? Mob Psycho 100. Mob Psycho 100. I'll send you it to you. You promised the next time I we forgot met. what it was, and I can't listen to the goddamn show because I hate my own voice. See, it's not as catchy of a name. One Punch Man, you remember that. Right. You know what the fuck that's about. Right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is Joseph's annual movies I watched on a plane. Uh, the first one I watched was, I feel like it came out like this time last year, and I was wondering why it did, because it had good people in it. Uh, and it seemed like something I'd really like called See How They Run, starring Sam Rockwell and Sarah Sharonin. Right. It's like a, a sort of Wes Anderson-inspired mm, yeah. whodunit. Uh, and it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. <laughs> this, this should be my absolute favorite movie. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fucking Sam Rockwell, my favorite actor of all time. I mean, yeah, you are the president of his fan club. Yeah. Uh, well, and you have Saoirse been, Ronan, too. Saoirse Ronan, Ronan <laughs> who I would, I would, uh, uh, trade my wife within a heartbeat. She knows. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just like a shit ton of twee and meta commentary, but it's just awful. It's right. borderline. That's not unwatchable, but I did not enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's a low standard on a plane. You know, you don't have to really enjoy something on a plane to, like, feel like it was worth it. But. Well, I mean, that that's a phenomenon. Yeah. Like, people on planes feel the emotion. Like, you're more likely to cry during yeah. a movie on a plane. It was bad. Anyway. I think than- I said this the last time you talked about watching <laughs> That's probably true. See how they run worse than Transformers. <laughs> Uh, the other movie I watched was a little bit older, I think, is an Anya Taylor-Joy vehicle called Emma, which I think you've seen. I've seen Emma. Uh, I fucking love the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> is it based on anything? Do you know? Yeah, it's a Jane Austen is it book. A, okay, it's a yeah. Jane Austen book. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure if it was, was based on a Victorian novel or if it was just like inspired by. And there's a other film adaptation from the 90s with fucking, what's her name? She sells vagina candles. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. I was gonna feel I, like I have the candle. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say Kira Knightley, but you're right; it yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fucking really good. It's one of those things. I don't know. I I don't think I've just ever been exposed to any of these. Really, you know, like I didn't yeah. watch Pride and Prejudice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I I still feel like as an external viewer that I kind of get what it's about. But I was like, ah, you know, 
it's fine, but it's not really for me. I watched this. I was fucking in it, you know? Like, right. I, well, the, whatever the love interest name is, I, I loved him too, you know? Like, right. I always can't wait for them to get together. And I, I don't know. I haven't watched any of Bridgerton, but I just feel like fucking makes it worse, you know? Like, I feel like that's the whole point of this is that they don't. They can't yeah. fuck. I know. And that's what makes it good. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is better if they fuck. I don't know. The, um... The funny thing about Emma is I have, ne- like you, never watched those yeah. things before. You know, adaptations of books that were meant for women. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Little Women, Emma, these remakes the last few years, I have fucking loved them. Yeah, I loved them. it. My wife, who grew up watching and reading these things, fucking hates That's them. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> she can't stand them. But yeah, I'm all in. Emma's a great movie. Yeah, it's really good. If I had one complaint, not enough Bill Nye. Yeah, but, always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's most of it. On the, on the way back, I watched Temple of Doom, which is exactly how I remembered it. Uh, and then I didn't have enough time to watch a whole movie, so I just watched as much Whiplash as I could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always a good decision. It was a great decision. I'm, that yeah. shit's catnip for yeah. band nerds like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have watched Last Crusade three times in the last month. This <laughs> <laughs> shit's just on TNT like every night right now, and I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, it. Right. Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune ends. I'm like, I can do fucking Last Crusade again. My my buddy Zach, uh, you know, he participates in some like costuming parade in New Orleans. I forget what it's Chewbacca is what it's called, and mm, and wow. they do a uh, they do an Indiana Jones crew, and I've done it two times before, but I've just gotten too wigged out to be in a parade, like I get <laughs> freaked out in it. Yeah. But Sarah just went without me this time, and um, and uh, we watched a lot of Indiana Jones leading up to that, and that is a good time. Yeah, always fun. Chewbacca is a great name. name. Yeah. Oh, Top it's a great stuff, name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great pun. I mean, all around works. Um, but I think that's it for this week. Uh, Ant Man next week. Ant Man? Question mark. Today. Tomorrow. Tonight. Today. Whatever. Fuck you. I don't, when this podcast comes out, Ant Man will already. That be That is in true. <laughs> I. We should. We should just talk one day. About, oh yeah. Fuck. I. I, I skipped another <laughs> thing in the email, even though it's right above the email. <laughs> Uh, Trey also suggested as as a potentially uh, uh, episode topic uh, Oscar Isaac versus Pedro Pascal, Woo! which is one of those things where I love the idea and I get where you're coming from, but the problem is Pedro Pascal is so much more recent. Yeah, like he he's really like taken off. Even like Game of Thrones was only kind of his lift off, right? And like I was really only seeing the dividends of that in the last like five or six years, uh, whereas Oscar Isaac has been working. For a hot minute. Right. I also have the controversial opinion that I'm not sure either of them have ever made great shit, mm-hmm. but I love them in everything. Like, I mean, Last of Us is great, so yeah. Pedro Pascal's get in there, but like, I love Oscar Isaacs and that Zack Snyder piece of shit. Yeah. But that's a Zack Snyder piece of shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, name me an Oscar Isaac. Oh, never mind. I you know what it's going to be? I know. <laughs> I, uh, I was about to I, say, you're just walking right Yeah, I, I stopped myself. I know. Ugh. All right. Fuck. Okay, one. <laughs> I mean, definitely, I can. They have a similar charm, so yeah. I could see them versus. Probably uh, Pedro Pascal gets a leg up for me just because he was on Law and Order once. He okay, was. you guys know how I love yep. Law yep. and Order, but it was so long and ago. Buffy. What? And Buffy. Yeah, and Buffy. Right. His Law and Order was so long ago that he didn't do it. 
You know, like usually when you see someone you recognize on Law and Order, oh, that fucking guy did it. Because why would they pay, pay yeah, yeah. a known actor yeah, he to was not do unknown. it? He was just, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He was just lifting boxes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Ant-Man next week. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please rate and subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, tell us anything you think about Critical Role or Legend of Vox Machina or anything related to it. We're happy to talk to you about it. If you have ever tried it because Joseph and I talk about it incessantly, Please. I need to know. I also need to Even know. Even if you stopped. I just need to know that you tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like if you did like a pie chart of what's been talked about the most on this show, that has to win. Right? Without a oh, doubt. Yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, you know, relitigating... Star Wars movies, relegating the Snyderverse shit, you know, would be close, but that has to be the winner. Probably. But yeah, Tate, rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>